the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, opens up your eyes. Mercy is We are to expect some spiritual warfare as normal. It's never fun, but we should expect it. But in expecting spiritual warfare, don't run because of it. Stand firm in spite of it and cling to the Lord because he is our great defender and deliverer. God is our great defender and deliverer. And when the enemy comes to attack, God comes to the rescue. That's the reminder from chapter 124. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel, Italysburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. The Psalms has wisdom, comfort, and guidance for us, no matter what season of life we are in or what our daily experience may be. In these few short Psalms, we walk along with David as he's severely persecuted by his enemies, cries out to the Lord, and is miraculously delivered. We learn of the security into which the Lord had established his people, and we hear the awestruck praises of God's people returning back from captivity. In today's message, Pastor Gary will guide us through and show us God's spiritual provision for us. Well, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Psalms, chapter 124 to 127. you look at, at uh, Psalm 124 with me, you'll notice again the subtitle, A Song of Ascents. They would sing this as they're sending to Jerusalem. And we also have the byline to this chapter. It is of David. So David, King David, was the one inspired by the Lord to write this chapter. Here's what he wrote. Verse 1. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept over us, the raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So here in this psalm, David talks about attacks that Israel has sustained from enemy forces. And he uses some really strong imagery here in describing the enemy's attack against them and what would have occurred had God not intervened as Israel's defender. He says here between verses 2 and 5, he says, the enemy attacked us. He says, they flared against us. He said, they would have swallowed us alive. 
they engulfed us, they swept over us, they swept us away. I mean, really strong verbs here, very strong imagery. And David primarily describes his enemy like two things, like a ferocious wild animal that is attacking, and he also describes his enemy like a strong raging flood that engulfs them and swept over them. So he uses these two uh, imageries really mainly in this chapter. An animal, a ferocious wild animal attacking and raging flood waters that would engulf them and sweep them away. Now, um, Israel was well known in David's day for ferocious animals. Israel was a place where it was common that wild animals would roam and would be a threat to people. Uh, they had their share of lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, thank you very much. Um, but it was true in David's day in particular. In fact, the Bible tells us that David single-handedly killed a lion. So, I mean, they were ferocious wild animals. He says, that's what the enemy's like. And then he also makes this allusion here to a raging flood waters that engulf us. And that was also pretty common too, and still is in Israel. You can have these flash floods right after uh, the, the, uh, the fall season and the winter come the spring rains. And sometimes spring rain can turn into a torrent, especially in the Negev and down in the Dead Sea region, where just a, a little rain can suddenly create these raging floodwaters through these caverns. And um, even last time we went to Israel last year, Part of the road along the Dead Sea had been washed out by one of these flood waters before we got there. And they even said to us that somebody had, been di- had died, had been swept away in their car along, along the road too. So that, that also happens in Israel. So David is drawing on some analogies here that are pretty common in his day. Ferocious wild animals and raging flood waters that, that come quickly. Uh, we don't know exactly the enemy that David is referring to here. Perhaps the Philistines, they, they were common perennial enemies of the Israelites. Well, we don't know exactly who he's referring to, and it really doesn't matter. The point that he's trying to make here, it's number four on our list, is that God is our great defender and deliverer. When the enemy comes to attack, God comes to rescue. That's really the heart of this psalm. He's talking about enemies coming ferociously like wild animals and suddenly like flood waters, but that God is our great defender and deliverer. Whenever the enemy comes to attack, God comes to rescue. And this is a good reminder for us. Why? Because the Bible makes it clear that we also have a ferocious enemy, a formidable foe who wants to devour us too. And the Bible refers to him as Satan or the devil. In fact, the imagery that David uses here in Psalm 124 is very similar to the imagery that Peter uses in 1 Peter chapter 5. But this is what Peter wrote. He said, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And so even Peter writes about Satan being like this ferocious lion. And David, similarly, there in chapter 124, he talks about this like a wild animal. And even mentions in verse 6 about how had God not intervened, uh, the enemy would have torn us apart with their teeth. With their teeth. So this is the same kind of imagery that Peter uses here in 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want you to notice with me that while God is our defender and our deliverer, 
From this New Testament passage, however, we are told four particular things. God gives us four directives about what we need to do in this battle against the enemy of our souls. The first one that he tells us here is to be self-controlled. That's the first directive to us. We can't just expect God to always fight our battles for us alone. There are some things that God says, I want you to be engaged in this process. I want you to participate in fighting against the enemy of your souls. And the first thing he calls us to is to live lives of self-control. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28 says this, Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man or a woman who lacks self-control. In other words, put it in the positive sense. When we exercise self-control, we're like a fortified city. Self-control goes a long way to preventing those kind of attacks. But Proverbs 25, 28 says, when we lack self-control, we're like a city whose walls are broken down. We give Satan opportunity in our lives when we don't exercise self-control. We need to be disciplined in our walk with Christ. We need to be self-controlled people. The other directive he gives us here in 1 Peter 5 is to be alert, to be alert. It is the Greek word Gregorio, and Gregorio means to watch and to be vigilant. Never let your guard down. The enemy is crouching like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Never let your guard down. The enemy wants to pounce. He is an opportunist. He wants to take advantage of you. So we have to always be vigilant about this. We have to be watching. In Ephesians 4.27, Paul warns, do not give the devil a foothold. Some of your translations say, don't allow the devil to have opportunity. It is the Greek word topos. We get our English word topography from that word. In other words, don't give Satan any ground. Don't give him any territory. Don't crack the door so that Satan could come in and take advantage of something small and make it something huge. The enemy is constantly trying to work against us. Don't give him opportunity. And the opportunity we give him comes when we compromise. When we compromise in our lives, it's like an open door to what Satan might want to do against us. So, number one, be self-controlled. Number two, be alert. Number three, he tells us in this passage, resist him. Resist him. Now listen, every time Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, Jesus resisted Satan by quoting Scripture. The Bible is your greatest defense against the attack of the enemy. Every single time Satan tried to tempt Jesus, Jesus hit him with the Word. So hit him with Scripture. Know your Bibles. Be able to resist him because you stand in the truth of God's Word. And in Ephesians chapter 6... Paul gives this whole lesson about fighting your spiritual battles by putting on the full armor of God. And he uses the armor of a Roman soldier. And out of all the armor of a Roman soldier, there's only one listed as an offensive weapon. The offensive weapon in the arsenal of every Christian is the sword of the Spirit, Paul says, which is the Word of God. The Word of God, Scripture, is the offensive weapon against the enemy of your souls. The rest of the armor is defensive weaponry. But the Bible is the greatest defense at resisting the enemy. So read your Bible. It will encourage you and help you to to resist him. And then, number four, the other directive that Peter tells us here in 1 Peter 5 is to stand firm in the faith. That's what we are called to do. 
We are to expect some spiritual warfare as normal. It's never fun, but we should expect it. But in expecting spiritual warfare, don't run because of it. Stand firm in spite of it. And cling to the Lord, because he is our great defender and deliverer. God is our great defender and deliverer. And when the enemy comes to attack, God comes to the rescue. That's the reminder from chapter 124. David says here, had it not been for God stepping in and doing what he did, we would, we would die. We would die. And had it not been for God's good work in our lives, we would also fall prey to the enemy. So God is at work to defend us, and he is at work to deliver us. But he also tells us here in 1 Peter 5, we need to do our part by standing Uh, by being self-controlled, by being alert, by resisting the devil and standing firm in the faith. If you jump over to chapter 126 with me now, Psalm 126, a song of ascents. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. All right, let me give you the background on this particular psalm. You'll notice in verse 1, the writer talks about the Lord brought back the captives to Zion. And then in verse 6, he talks about those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. So this psalm here is referring to a very dark time in Israel's history. A dark time when the Jewish people had forsaken God and had begun to worship idols. There was a period in Israel's history where they were deep into idolatry, worshiping false gods and statues of stone and wood. And it would come and go. Sometimes they'd be really good about getting rid of the idols, and other times they would be really bad and fall into idolatry. And God had had enough. And in order to rid them from their idolatry, the Bible says that God whistled for the Babylonians. And God called Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, to come with his forces against God's people. Now listen, this is challenging. God called an enemy nation, a pagan enemy nation, to come and attack his own people. Because God was exercising discipline. The Babylonians were the rod of God's discipline against the people whom God loved, his own children. And sometimes when we are in rebellion against God, it takes... Well, it takes something drastic to get our attention. And that's what God did. He used the Babylonians to get the attention of his people. Nebuchadnezzar came with the forces of Babylon from what today on a map would be Iraq. They besieged Jerusalem, destroyed it, carted off all the articles of the temple, along with tens of thousands of Jews. Nebuchadnezzar took captive back to Babylon. And there the Jewish people would spend the next 70 years, from approximately 586 B.C. until 516 B.C. And it would be there that God would purge them once and for all of idolatry. At the end of the 70 years, when God would bring them back to Jerusalem, they would never again practice idolatry. 
Never again. You turn on the news, do you see the Jews in Israel practicing idolatry? They don't. They never again did. God purged them from this wickedness of their hearts. And when he brought them back, which God promised in advance he would do, he told them in advance, this is going to be like a giant timeout for you. I'm going to send you on a timeout. You're going to sit on a stool for 70 years. You're going to think about what you've done. And then when you realize that you've disobeyed and rebelled against dad, I'll bring you home. And so he brings them home after 70 years. True to his word. He raised up another king, King Cyrus of Persia, who defeated Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians. Actually, by that point, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. And Cyrus then took over that region. And the first thing that he did, God put it on his heart to write a decree to allow the Jewish people to go back to their homeland. For as many as whose hearts moved him or her, they could go back to their homeland. You have to consider, after 70 years, a lot of these people were born in captivity in Babylon. Many of them had never seen Jerusalem ever. So when the decree was given that they could go back to their homeland, for most of them, they were seeing Jerusalem for the very first time. And even though it was in a pile of rubble, because Nebuchadnezzar had left it that way, they were wide-eyed with wonder and laughter was in their mouth and joy was in their heart. And that's what this chapter is about here. When the psalmist is writing here in Psalm 126 here about the Lord bringing back the captives, they come here with this incredible wide-eyed wonder about the homeland that for most of them they'd never even seen. That's why in verse 1 he describes it like a dream. He says, this is like a dream. He says, we were like men who dreamed in verse 1. We come back to this, to our promised land, to the home that we hadn't seen, or at least haven't seen in the last 70 years. He says, it was like a dream come true. He says there in verse 2, we laughed and we sang songs of joy. He says there also in verse 2, the nations around us saw what was happening and they said, well, the Lord has done great things for them. And then also at the end of verse 3, he says, We even said to ourselves, the Lord has done great things for us. And he has filled us with joy, he says there uh, in verse 2. He uses the word joy in verse 3. He uses the word joy in verse 5. And again in verse 6. The word joy becomes a predominant word used here in chapter 126. In other words, you have people who are estranged from God. They had distance geographically and spiritually between them and God. And this chapter was written to remind us that God brings people who are estranged to him back home. God always loves to bring back home people who are estranged from him. It's point number five if you're taking notes. And this is a beautiful reminder for us from this chapter because this chapter is about when people were estranged from God and distant from Him, and God brought them back. It's about returning to the Lord and finding great joy in His presence. It's a story of redemption and reconciliation and restoration. And along the journey that we call life, the fact of the matter is that there are probably some of you here who have also felt estranged from God. There is a distance between you and God. Not a distance that He has created, but a distance that we create sometimes. Oftentimes I think that the distance that comes between us and God, again, 
a distance that we create is attributed to three common things. Number one, sin in our own lives. When we disobey God and when we sin against him, a lot of times shame then overwhelms us and shame whispers a lie to us. And the lie that shame whispers to us is, you see what you've done? God could never take you back. See how shamed you should feel? See how guilty you are? God would never love you and God would never take you back. Now, there is a reason that we feel shame and guilt. It, it's, uh, it's called a conscience, and God has given it to us, and the Holy Spirit will convict us when we do wrong against the Lord. So we should feel a measure of guilt. But that shame or guilt should never prevent us from running back to the loving arms of our Father. That's the lie that shame whispers in our ears. And if it's not shame because of sin, I think another reason why we... We bring distance in our relationship with God is frankly because sometimes life disappoints us. Maybe no sin of our own, but maybe because life has not really turned out the way we had hoped or some things have happened in our lives and a curveball was thrown in our direction and we didn't expect it. And so disappointments of life begin to add up and tragedy takes its toll and we get angry at God and we wonder where God was and we blame God. And then sometimes that distance is created. And if it's not sin that breeds shame, and if it's not disappointment in life, you know, frankly, I think another reason why we create distance between us and God is just plain neglect. Just plain neglect. Like any relationship, like a friendship, like a marriage, things can go south when you neglect the relationship. And sometimes with God, we can just get so busy with life and we're doing our own thing and we think that we're all that, we forget God. Whatever the reason might be, let this psalm remind you that there is no distance too great, that God always welcomes back home those who are estranged from him. That's what this chapter is about. God brought them back from their captivity. And God welcomes with open arms those who are estranged from him, those who are prone to wander. God welcomes back. Robert Robinson was a young man who grew up in the 18th century in England. His dad died when he was a little boy. And without his dad's guidance, Robert Robinson got himself into a lot of trouble. He got involved in the wrong crowd, started hanging out with the wrong kids. Yeah, even in 18th century England, you can get into trouble. And one day he decided to invite his friends to a camp meeting that George Whitfield was preaching at. Not because they wanted to go to church, but Robert Robinson as a teenager decided, I'm going to bring my friends so we can heckle George Whitfield as he's preaching. Well, little did they know that as they're there ready to heckle George Whitfield, they come under the conviction of the preaching of George Whitfield. And young Robert Robinson gave his life to Christ. A couple of years later, when he was 20 years old, in the year 1757, Robert Robinson wrote that classic hymn of our faith, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And in that song, he wrote a caution to his own soul. 
which is a good reminder to all of us. We're so glad you joined us for Pastor Gary's message today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching in the book of Psalms and that God is whispering the words of comfort and strength to your heart. If you'd like to learn more about Cornerstone Connection, visit our website at cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you can hear all of Pastor Gary's messages through this book, as well as the entire Bible. Be sure to check out the companion resources while you're there, found under the Teachings tab. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about how God is working in your life. Feel free to join the conversation on our Facebook page or check out what's going on at Cornerstone Connection on Twitter or Instagram. We're here to chat with you in person too, so give us a call at 703-771-1500. Let us know how we can be praying for you That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Pastor Gary will have much more to share from his verse-by-verse study through Psalms when you join us again, right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.